Welcome to Flogger Presents everybody, the show that goes behind the scenes with the faces from the photography world, from digital and analogue. And in this episode we have a very special guest I've been trying to get onto the show for a while and finally it's happened. So sit back, relax and enjoy Mr M himself. Welcome everybody to the latest episode of Flogger Presents. I have with me a very special guest today, and that is M as in Emulsive. Hello. Afternoon. How you doing? <laughs> Afternoon, morning, <laughs> evening. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? Yeah, th- thanks so much for joining us, M. Uh, it's great to have a uh, legend like yourself on here. I wouldn't go that far. It's not great at all. <laughs> well, it might not be. Let's let let's let's see how much I ramble. Eh? <laughs> or is it leg end then? <laughs> Probably leg end as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get called all sorts. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, everybody knows who you are in this sense. Um, let's get a little bit of a background. So, where where did you grow up? Uh, what was that like? Can you share anything with us? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm uh, London born and raised. That's okay. London in, in the UK, not not Canada. Um, I don't know why I have to make that distinction. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> know that there's a London in <laughs> in Canada, but I do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was uh, born and raised in London. Uh, went to school, high school, uh, college, all of that kind of stuff, and and spent most of my working life. Uh, well, actually, starting off. Um, there just knocking around the m4 corridor and occasionally going up towards kind of manchester stockport kind of way um and uh yeah did did a lot of driving i used to love driving i was doing uh, anywhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred miles a week the more the merrier to be honest yeah yeah it was a lot of fun cracker that's unusual for someone in london to say they love driving yeah, it's, it's 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 quite a weird one because I really I really like driving in central London. <laughs> wow. Um, and yeah, it's it's I guess it's like um, if you do the knowledge and if if you end up being a taxi driver, there there are there are places and times and routes, and you learn an appreciation of avoiding them. <laughs> uh, okay. But but yeah, driving it, it, it's a really it's a really weird experience driving um, down Oxford Street or Regent Street or Piccadilly or places like that because um, yeah. it, it's it's something when I first started working in town it was um, it was all just using the tube you know so I'd, I'd yeah. grab the tube into wherever I had meetings kind of Green Park or or the the city <clears throat> and. A few years of, of of doing that, I kind of um, had the opportunity to to start driving a bit more and, and seeing people uh, a bit further afield. And it got to the point where I thought, well, I could just drive into town as well. Um, and it was, I guess, quickest journey into town. I mean, I, I was living out kind of zone three, zone four, kind of tube wise. Uh, okay, uh, way out. Yeah, probably about. 20 minutes 25 minutes depending on the on the time of day of course mm-hmm. um anywhere up to two or three hours if there was a, a a problem on the a4 or 
A40 or wherever. But yeah, lots of good fun. Okay. So obviously you're not in London, UK anymore now. Whereabouts are we talking across? Um, well, I, yeah, I got going back about, uh, maybe about 10 years ago, um, had an opportunity to, uh, move to the far East with, okay. uh, with work just, just, oh. uh, as part of something that was happening there. So I <clears throat> put everything in boxes, sold a bunch of stuff, left a bunch of stuff in, in lofts and garages and, and storage facilities and, and moved over here. Um, the original plan was to um, stay here for a couple of years, mm. um, just just reassess and, and see what happens. And and I I never never left. I just liked ah, the food. Okay. Too much. Yeah, yeah. You just fell in love and yeah. It's a really weird, really weird thing. Actually, I I was over here for a, about four weeks in this part of the world yeah. um had to go back to london to to just do some some work related stuff there stayed there for a, about oh, seven seven ten days or so yeah. um coming back it even after such a short time it just it just felt like just coming back home really really weird how it, oh, it everything nice. just kind of clicked yeah yeah I, I i do miss the uk i do miss london especially it's such a such a it's a fantastic place. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so if we move on to Emulsive, is is that your full-time job now, or are you still doing your, your main job? Oh, God, no. I, I wish. Right, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe one day, um, maybe in a few years, um, it'll get to a point where it can uh, sustain itself, it can sustain me and and just just my life but no right now it's um still a, a passion project i, I always yeah. call it my my labor of love uh, it, it does take a lot of time um and it, it is it, it is and it it definitely feels like a, a full-time job um yeah. just in terms the, the number of hours that I put into it. Some weeks more than others, and sometimes some some times of the year um, more than others. But uh, it, yeah, it, it would be it would be lovely to be able to say, right, I'm just going to focus on this. Yeah, I can understand that. So I know, I know you, you, is it Patreon you tried? Oh, P Patreon, yeah, yeah, Patreon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's good. It's doing something like that really makes you, regardless of how much you hear that what you do is appreciated, mm. um, it's it's completely different when you when you have people parting with their own money to help support you to do yeah. that. Um, it's it's a just a, a realization of worth value is that i don't even know whether that's the right way to put it um but my feeling yeah. about patreon is there are over a hundred people <clears throat> who concurrently month to month um feel like what i do adds enough value to their lives where they're, they're happy to, to to give me a few quid to keep on doing it and i, I think that's amazing yeah i think it's amazing yeah. i totally agree i know it's something i've started looking at because um, I don't know if you've seen from my stuff, but uh, a lot of time I'm limited by budget. So I was thinking, uh, you know, if, if I had a Patreon, um, maybe that little bit would pay for film or a, a new camera or, you know, some new paper to try. 
it, it's it's something. Um, I mean, I've had a few conversations with with various people in in our community about uh, about Patreon and and successes and, and and failures, and it's something that you. You, you really do need to think about it and you need to think about not only why you're doing it, but also how you're, how you're presenting that um, mm. to, to, to the people who you hope will, will support you in the future. And sometimes you can get it right. You can get parts of it right. And you just need to keep tweaking. And if anyone out there is trying to do it, my, my advice would be just, just have a think about if, if you were reading someone else's patreon page trying to convince you to to part with your money um what do you want to know most about what's happening um there yeah. and then try, try, try and translate that into value for the you know, the, the the patrons that you're hoping to 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 get on board yeah yeah that's good advice but i, I think that's the hardest thing is you know, when you look at some of the uh, other um, community i'm thinking they can give away prints i don't think i'm good enough for them to do that and then they're like well you know what could a reward be and that's why i'm not rushing into it <laughs> <laughs> cool well I'm, I'm i'm happy to to talk to you about that kind of offline if mm. once we've figured out where you want to go let's just yeah let's let's have a chat and figure it out yeah yeah, yeah that's cool so how did you get into analog photography then, and how long has it been? Um, well, it's it's quite interesting because I, I I came onto it from kind of two two simultaneous paths. <laughs> um, right. So I'm 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 old enough to have used my first camera, um, which came from a, a box cornflakes. Or, okay. or frosties or, or cocoa pops or something yeah. um, and i'd um been shooting film just as just as people do just just as people do with their smartphone really yeah. you, you might have a camera with you one day and just take a photo take a couple of photos parties out with friends and stuff like that um and it was um a few years back i'm not going to say exactly how many few years back um, <laughs> Um, a friend of mine said, "Oh, look, and I, I'd been off off um, film and other photography uh, just as a daily thing for for years and years and years at this point." And, and he said, "Oh, I'm I'm uh, going to buy this one of these plastic cameras, one of these uh, Vivitar kind of clone, uh, twenty eight or twenty four mil or some, you know, something something ridiculous." And, and they were, I don't know. I think at the time probably about 20, 20 quid. Yeah. And uh, you know, I threw my money at him and I said, Yeah, okay, sounds like a good laugh. Something to stick in my pocket when I'm on a bike ride or something like that. And then at the same time as that, um, I was kind of seeing uh, a girl and she expressed an, an interest in some some weird fisheye camera. Um, so I kind of started looking into that and, and decided to to buy one of those and you know just try it out and see what it was like and see whether I could impress her like which I couldn't <laughs> um, but it, it, it didn't turn out to be that big of a problem because we're we're married now so <laughs> uh, <okay>. it, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was the, the the kind of 
influence of a, a girl on one side and, and the influence of a, of a friend on the other. Um, and and it, it's, it's really weird because as, as both paths kind of merged, I just had this epiphany moment just with my, my first, um, probably the, the, the first or second, no, no, not the first or second frame, but first roll of film, probably, I don't know, the dozenth frame. When I got it back from, from the lab, uh, it just completely blew my mind. And I've, I've posted this frame on, on the websites and on social media loads oh. and loads of times. It's like, it's my, my keystone, my, it's the, 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 the center of everything. It's the thing that, that, that essentially gives strength to everything else that I do because this, this one single frame, it was a sunset, the sun going down behind a kind of a, a rocky outcrop of a hill and just going crazy with a bit of flair and just the the detail the the colors all nothing that i expected to come off a, a cheap um chinese plastic lens it just blew mm-hmm. my mind and, and and the rest is literally history i just went completely mad just jumped straight in mm-hmm. range finders uh, slrs then tlrs and medium format and large format and um it's 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 been it's been mad. I, I went from somebody who took a camera on holiday, <clears throat> uh, maybe, probably, to someone who's carrying two or three, two or three cameras on a daily basis, who's shooting um, uh, anywhere upwards of of three hundred rolls uh, a year. Wow, that's it's a lot. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> I know, a I big problem. <laughs> That's a good problem, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it helps that um, access to, to decent labs with decent lab techs and chemistry and scanners and stuff is is uh, is what I have. Um, yeah. So I know that I can uh, shoot some large format film, and I, if I'm shooting slide, I can get that developed for um, about two pounds a sheet i think okay roughly roughly works out too um and although i've i've kind of uh, migrated towards scanning a lot of my own uh, my own stuff i'm actually thinking of, of ditching the majority of my own scanning just because the the there's no economy there's no time or fi- or fine well there's no financial economy in the time that i'm spending to do it yeah. Um, I could pay somebody else to do it and claim back that time, which is which is worth much more than than the cost of of getting that roll of film scanned. Yeah, it's a it's a big thing. I mean, I've only first started scanning this month myself. Oh wow! And uh, I got a scanner for five pounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just an old. Uh, uh, Canon fifty six hundred. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I think I'm scanning at two thousand four hundred DPI, and I think they're twenty minutes. Well. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I I mean the good thing is because obviously people like us we don't waste our time. Uh, I'd have to do something else. Mm. But then I've only got one computer, so <laughs> I can't really use my computer while it's scanning. It just kills it. Uh, so you know, I'd be uh, cleaning parts, doing housework, or using my phone or something instead. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's. Um, I mean, I use uh, um, an old uh, what is it? 
an Epson V750. And it, it, took, it took me probably about um, probably a good four, five months to, to dial in my, my process and to dial in the settings. And, and even now, I think although it can, it'll scan at 6400, actually, <clears throat> that, that resolution is interpolated, so it's not real. Um, yeah. So people say, I'll scan it at 3200. To be honest, I'll scan at 1600 because I know yeah. – I know that it'll give me a scan that's a good enough quality for me to let's say print 35 mil up to eight by 10. But if I really want to get something um, printed, um, yeah. actually I'll just, I'll just give the film to someone to do a drum scan for me. Um, if, if I want something digitally printed, but again, it's, a, it's access to relatively inexpensive ways of doing that. So, so for yeah. me, um, I think a six by six frame, is um how much is it it's, it's about five quid or six quid i think um to, to get a drum scanned and and i i Joking. wow I, I i print stuff um really big so infrequently that it's it's really it's a non-issue even if it was um 20 quid a scan let's say yeah. Um, it would be it would be a non-issue. The 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 general scans that 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 I get, they're kind of I don't know three four hundred three four thousand pixels on an edge. They're 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 more than good enough, more than good yeah. enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see how how you think things change for you over the next um, three to four months. And actually, uh, I'd really like you to in March or April just go back and have a look at the scans you're doing now. Mm -hmm. and see whether you'd want to rescan them again oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah. it's, it's a thing you can you can infinitely um you can infinitely go back to a a previous version of your process and you'll always always pick holes in it um yeah, yeah. No, that's oh, just, it's like, just it's like photography isn't it yeah i, I yeah. can pick holes in everything i do and I, i'm I'm my worst critic uh, by a long, long way. Right, and th this is the thing, though, right? When you're, when, when you look at something that you've done yourself, it's very, very easy to to pick holes in that. And oh, I should have done this. Oh, I should have done that. Or next time, I'll, I should I should do this. I should I should do that. But actually, if you if you show that photo to to other people, yeah, the the, the a they're never going to be as, as as critical of it as you. B they're probably not even going to notice you know, as long as it's a it's a good frame they're probably not even going to notice the the things that are kind of drawing your ire yeah. <laughs> about <laughs> it in the first place um i think you, you get to a point where you have to you, you kind of have to let that negativity go and just just use use those failures or those perceived failures as a yeah. learning experience um yeah I, I i used to experiment a lot on important shoots so things that were important to me but i'd still be experimenting um and, and i would invariably you know more than half the time go back and kick myself oh why did i do that i should have just done this and i could have gotten exactly what i wanted yeah. um but the way that i see it now is well look you still learn something it's not as if you'll never be able to go back to that place again maybe you won't be able to catch the exact same moment but you learn from mm -hmm. it so just shut up get over yourself move on yeah yeah i agree with you i mean what I was doing last night in the dark room was um, I shot some washi film. Okay, which one? 
Um, it was the X-ray one, but also the sound one as well. Mm. So I did uh, a shoot end of last year where I decided to go film only, which sort of I'll give up and on a little bit. Um, so I've got two models, two, two guys, really, really good looking um, shots. And I, I'm desperate to get a print off and send it to him to say thank you. Hmm. Um, so that's what I was doing last night. I've messaged him both. One guy said, don't worry um, about it. It looks really nice. And I was like, look, it's only like a 67 because I ain't got any paper. I've run out. Um, right. um, he's giving me his address, so I'm just waiting for the other guy to probably wake up and um, send that down to him. I, I just think it's a nice thing to do. It's something the digital community don't do. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I was asking someone about this the other day. There's um, a chap I know who's uh, an ex an ex film shooter. Um, I mean, he was he was shooting semi-professionally for maybe 30 35 years mm -hmm. he jumped to digital and that that's his thing i mean it's just it's a pure convenience thing for him which i completely understand i completely respect um and i asked him about about prints like how often does he give prints to members of his family or you know if he does a a, a model shoot um how often will he just just hand out kind of personal prints of that just just as as something nice to do as as, yeah. as you just said and his answer is never no, i just just share everything on social media so just uh you know, i've got a whatsapp group with the family so i'll send them pictures in there or i've got a uh whatsapp or facebook messenger with with my my models or clients or whatever you want to call them so i'll just send them it there and um, and he he was of the impression that that was absolutely fine. People don't expect prints anymore, and I, I was trying to trying to uh, explain. I guess is is probably probably the wrong the wrong way to describe it. But I was I was trying to um, trying to find out why he didn't think that holding a print in his hand was anything particularly important, and it, it boiled down to the fact that. It's, he just hasn't done it for years. He hasn't okay. printed his stuff. Uh, oh, bit of background noise. Hasn't printed his stuff for years. Um, um, he hasn't held a print for years. Uh, even he was even saying like the, the, the photo albums of his kids and, and friends and family and stuff. Yeah, they're just that they're gathering dust in a in a corner somewhere. So I, I asked him just to go and have a look at it. He hasn't gotten back to me yet to to let me know whether that that kind of changed his life, but. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I wasn't sure whether that was something just isolated, just for him, or whether it's something that is more prevalent in in the digital community or the digital native community as a as a whole. You know, not printing yeah. your work and only ever seeing it on a screen. Yeah, I think that's so normal. That's all right. So oh, one lovely. of the problems with it was <laughs> shadows are really dark, um, but obviously it blows the highlights because it's so dangerous that film. It, it looks like you've done a a print off a, a tin type or 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 a wet plate. Oh, just right. the, yeah. It, it obviously it doesn't really look like that when you when you zoom in, but yeah, that's really really nice. Just oh, that that you. contrast is fantastic. Oh, I'm so in love with that film. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I when I was talking to Lomig about it. 
I was like, I, I've got to try and try this stuff. And then I was like, right, I'm doing it this weekend. And I did warn the models. It's experimental stuff. Um, it's not really designed um, for putting in f- film cameras as such. And uh, it was a weird setting as well because we're in a an old church um, and we we were sort of near midday. So it's got massive windows and it just poured the light in. So we could use like natural light in places, but obviously it was so bright. It just blew nearly uh, 70% of the shots. <laughs> and then the film did the rest. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh my God. So I, I felt really bad that I only delivered, I think, two photos to the older gentleman. Um, yeah. But the, the younger guy, I've got quite a few more because the film's not high contrast. Yeah, very nice. Very nice indeed. Um, it's a very dangerous, it's a very dangerous hobby to get into because, yeah. sure, it's it's changing now, but um, going back five, ten, fifteen years ago, when when digital was really creeping up and and um, people were just letting go of kit. I mean, the prices were so ridiculously insane, uh, insanely cheap. Um, that it's very easy now to think of film photography as having a really low entry point for really high-end gear. You know, you could pick up a, an old Hasselblad 500cm or even a, a 503 going back 10 years ago. You could pick them up for, for three, four, five hundred quid for an entire kit. Okay. And, and you're, you're potentially shooting on a lens that when it was bought brand new by the seller um, was, was being retailed for 1,500, maybe 2,000 pounds. We're kind of getting a reality check now with with prices for things like the uh, Fuji GX, the the, the six seventeens, the the Hasselblad mm-hmm. X-Pan, the Fuji TX ones, kind oh, of God, yeah. up to their original sale price. I think I think when the Fuji GX came out, you're looking at around about three and a half thousand pounds for the camera plus plus one lens. And I've seen prices, boxed examples, um, going today for exactly that. So it's literally only going to be uh, a year, a couple of years before prices for, for film gear actually start exceeding um, prices for, for, for new or similarly specced new digital gear. Yeah. Mm. It, it's worrying because nothing entering the market to, to pick up that slack. I don't know that if if somebody does when you know will when they do that um, be enough to 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 kind of capture people who are looking for new hardware and actually will, will it be um, at a at a price point that is still accessible? Um, mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't think so. And and to be honest, what we need now is a a cheap, reliable film camera that, that can be purchased for 100 quid 200 quid yeah um, I, I'm, I'm not talking about uh, a lomo i'm talking about a, a yeah, camera proper. from uh, well yeah i mean just even a even a new point and shoot for a couple of hundred pounds is 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 going to be a price that the market can bear I, I guess the problem is is that um is that price point seen as something that is attractive by the people who are going to be making it i'm really not sure mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably such a big risk that camera companies don't take risks anymore, do they? Not really. No, it, it, it's funny. So I have a, I have a, a guest article 
um, that's going to be on the site in, I think, in, in a couple of weeks. And it's from a, a chap in, in Australia. And he starts the article talking about, I think it was back in 1980 or 1981, <clears throat> when he and his his friends were you know, just just at the beginning of their their kind of phot- uh, photography, their photographic careers. Hmm. Like the must-have camera was was at that time the brand new Nikon S3, and okay. that was selling, that that was selling uh, with a. So body plus a 51.4, that was selling for nearly 1,200 US, um, which you think is, is okay. Yeah. But you adjust that price for inflation, and it's around about 3,500, 3,500 US dollars um, for, for the pro line, uh, pro spec Nikon SLR. Yeah. Um, that, that, that goes back to what I was saying of film photography being seen as a, a kind of a cheap entry point into this this wonderful world of analog creativity, but mm. actually it it never was. It, it's only been that way for the last decade, decade and a half. Okay, that's what you mean. So yeah. if, if Nikon do come back with with the F7 or you know whatever, if they come up with another Pro Spec SLR, it's going to be two and a half, three thousand US. Um, mm. If they come back with a consumer level SLR, kind of like the the Nikon EM or the Nikomat uh, EM or something like that. Yeah. It, it's still going to be six, seven, eight, nine hundred pounds worth of worth of camera. Um, so that 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 whole desire to have a one two hundred pound um, ca- uh, point and shoot, even I think it's a little bit unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's hard for some of us because we've never been in the industry long enough to know this stuff. It's yes, it's a big problem. It really is. I mean, we've all talked about we need new cameras because uh, they're going to start working at some point, aren't they? Yeah, and the argument could be made that the the most simplest of cameras, so uh, pinhole, uh, large format. The, the argument is is that they will always be there. Um, yeah. Someone would always be making them, whether it's um, Steve Lloyd cutting them out of uh, uh, acrylic, whether it's mm. uh, standard or, or camera dactyl 3D printing them, or whether it's, it's you know, the, the bomb and other guys making them out of wood. Um, that's still going to happen. But I think what, what we need is um, that something accessible in smaller formats. And that, that's essentially a 35mm point and shoot. And I think the, the odds of someone coming out with one of those um, at, at a price point, well, sorry, when I say someone, the odds of a a large, like a, a legacy camera manufacturer coming out mm. with something in that flavor, I think is um, really low. The odds are really low. Yeah. And I, I think even the fact of putting a lens on it, can they afford to sell a lens even that cheap? <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Because glass, glass is the biggest thing, isn't it? Really, it is. And you know, if if you look at the um, what is it? So Nikon's fifty one point eight. So their their, their AF lens, you, you can still pick that lens up ridiculously cheap. And yeah. the, the, the same with with Canon's fifty mil pancakes. So I think I think it it can be done definitely. Yeah. Um, however, putting a lens design together that works for the point and shoot camera. Um, and then actually just going back to the drawing board of, of building a 
quasi-mechanical, quasi-electronic um, mm. camera. I think that that's the real challenge. I think that's the knowledge that's that's been lost. Um, mm. Pretty much the only component that's that's out there now that that was used in essentially the same way in in the late film camera days are the um, the shutters. Um, yeah. So Copal. Copal are still out there making um, shutters and they're still out there selling shutters to, to anyone who needs them mm. um, for, for, for SLRs as well as uh, standalone large format units. But you, you've got to bring all of this stuff together. And I think yeah. that, that's where, the, that, that's where the, the challenge lies. Yeah, because like you say... I was going to say maybe, maybe a, a Chinese company like, like Fennec is... is going to be the first one to, to 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 bring a low-cost camera to market you know the, those guys are still out there they're still building stuff if i if i remember correctly you never know i don't think we can expect something from canon or nikon though <laughs> no no I, no I think it'll be someone small i mean i was only talking to steve Lloyd the other night and saying you need to get your ass in gear and start building an slr mate <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to get together with Hamish, or you need to get together with um, uh, Ethan, because you know cause these guys are engineers that that can make stuff happen, and it, it amazes me what they're doing. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then absolutely, people like you behind the scenes can get the message across. Um, um, between us all, we, we can say, look, these guys are making something good. Yeah, it's not, maybe it won't last 70 years like the original Olympus and Nikon stuff, but at least they're trying. Yeah, I think to to a certain degree, you could say that we, we've kind of gone back in time to the very uh, beginning of the, the camera industry. Mm. Um, so instead of large companies like like Nikon and Ricoh and and Canon and, and and Leica kind of out there being responsible for the majority of new gear entering the market. Um, you've got kind of garden shed tinkerers who yeah. who are out there bringing the stuff and they're innovating with the materials that they have. Um, yeah. it, it's and it, it's one it's a wonderful thing that we have three D printing today. Um, because I wouldn't see any of this kind of stuff happening if everyone was uh, was having to design and create molds and, and spend ridiculous amounts of money in order mm. to do research and development before they could actually um, bring it into market. I mean, c- could you imagine that? Can, can you imagine it mm. without, without laser cutting, without uh, 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 um, 3D printing, without any of that kind of stuff, just how crazy expensive it would be to do a design? That'd be mental, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Them days think, are long, long gone, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they they still exist for for other industries. You know, maybe you need to, mm. I don't know, you want to release a brand new mop and bucket, um, and it, it's very easy to to give that to a um, a low cost manufacturer to go and just press this thing out, and it's it's yeah. job done. Um, but when you get into the more complex stuff, absolutely not. I mean, you look at the pictures of the of the, the the factories at, uh, at Nikon and, and Canon in in Japan. Even as even as late as the 
kind of late 80s and, and, and mid 90s, they were insanely huge. Just line upon line upon line of, of production worker. Some people working on prisons, some people working on shutters, other people working on film mm -hmm. transport. There's that kind of scale. I think has has gone, um, yeah. and I, I don't I don't think it it will. I don't think it it will come back in in quite the same way. I'm sure it will at some point. I'm hoping that the reflex guys um, are, are able to to bring their camera to market to kind of help help kickstart that and actually just show other people that it can be done. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I think what would be really useful there is all these retail shops like the Harrisons and Camera Exchange. They get behind it. And I know there might have to be some sort of way of putting some money on top for them to make make ends meet, but without them, it's not going to get out into the everyday world, is it? No, exactly. And the I think the challenge here is is it's very difficult to go out and get investment from the market to help support these kind of endeavours. Yeah. Um, Unless, unless what you're doing has a uh, tangible value and, uh, and there's a tangible market to address, um, it's it's very difficult to get people to 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 throw money at stuff like that. Um, once you've built something and it's there, and you're looking at uh, distribution and retail and stuff, that 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 piece is more complex, but it's 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 easier in 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 many ways than um, trying to get people on board to give you cash. To, to start something off in the in the first place, um, at least when you're when you're talking about non Kickstarter, non crowdfunded uh, things. Yeah, if you if if you were to go to a um, uh, an angel investor or a VC and say, oh, I've got this fantastic fantastic product here, I've got a, a proven market of you know I'll sell a thousand of them in 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 the first year. All I need is three million pounds. I mean, you're going to get you're going to get laughed out of it. But that kind <laughs> of money. Um, that kind of money when you're talking about um, having to place minimum order quantities for stuff like shutters um, mm. or having to do research and development, even fast prototyping with 3D for, for film transport and stuff like that, or meter components. And actually it's, you know, it's, it's, it's mad. I think, I think we're, we're still going to be um, looking at and living with, cameras or new cameras that are uh, made of wood or, or injection molded plastic or um, you know that, that, those kinds of materials for for a good few years before before one of those legacy companies is able to not only respect that there's a, a demand out there but but also to kind of get back their their manufacturing chops to, to actually go ahead and build it Hey, yeah. I, I, maybe maybe Canon's going to come out with a brand new film camera this year, which would be awesome. But I, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, I, I think you're right. So, so to summarise that, do you think it'll be more evolu natural evolution rather than a revolution of products? Um, absolutely, in in very much in the same way that um, the the original camera industry started um very much in, in in the same way that um nikon developed kind of post world war ii it's just going to be you know it's kind of make do amend right it's going to be 
just making do with the materials that you have, trying to find innovation within those materials um, and, and within, within pricing constraints. Yeah. People like, like, like Intrepid, you know, with their, with their eight yeah. by 10, um, fantastic. You, you, I think you need to hit, you need to hit the market with a product that captures people's imagination that, that people are willing to, are willing to respect as a, a version one, um, it's, it's better than nothing kind of mentality, maybe not so severe. Um, and then actually being part and parcel of the evolution, um, of that to version two, to version three, to version 15. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's the way it's going to happen. And <clears throat> sooner or later down the line, people, you know, people are going to prick up their ears and, and realize that there's, a, a completely untapped market with with ridiculous amounts of demand just sitting there um and waiting for for more um whether that be in the form of scanners or or you know other innovations like uh, uh intrepid again to pick on those guys again with their with, with their intrepid enlarger fantastic what a great idea brilliant yeah yeah i agree uh, I, you know the, the hardware side um just to one side, I think the biggest challenge that we have um, right now is accessibility to um, to lab infrastructure, to people who who can develop your slide film or your C41 or your black yeah. and white. There are, there are still there are still stores um, closing every week, or they're they're repurposing and they're <clears throat> they're moving to. Offering scanning services, you know, we'll scan a shoebox of, of photos and we'll scan a shoebox of film for you. Mm. Um, the, the labs are, are the people who need the most amounts of support because if, if mini lab X that you're using right now dies mm. and you can't go and buy uh, replacement parts, so you can't buy new old stock, um, for that, your only option is going to be well, moving to a, a, a Jobo or, or similar yeah. kind of platform to continue your business. Mm-hmm. But you need to take a cut on your productivity. Those things are what they they run at the the efficient efficiency of about thirty percent of a normal lab uh, of mm-hmm. a mini lab. But when you factor in time and process and all of that kind of stuff, so suddenly you'll be able to do a third less work. Um, than you were doing yesterday, but you still have to make, make ends meet. So what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to increase your, your lab cost. You're going to increase your development cost. If you're charging five pounds to develop a roll of film, you know, if you're charging um, five pounds to develop a roll of film, are you then going to be charging 10 pounds or 12 pounds yeah. to develop that same roll of film? That That's a huge, huge, huge challenge. It is, yeah. I mean, the, the cost of sending off scans here in the UK is it's bad enough now. Um, and there's, like you say, it's more and more closing. Um, what's going to happen? Mm. And pe- people will always make the argument that, oh, well, yeah, you can develop it yourself, you can scan it yourself. Yeah, fine, fantastic. But if you remove the convenience out of the equation, all you're doing is um, increasing the, the barrier to entry. And you're, you're going to find fewer people coming in um, just, just, to, just to try it out, just out of curiosity, just because it's, it's not easy. It's not, it's not easy today, um, and I hope it doesn't get less easy tomorrow. But unless something happens, it will do.
Yeah, no, definitely. To, to move on a... to another subject then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's a bit of a downer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's what's happening, isn't it? It's real world, so. Yeah. Do you think social media has changed <clears throat> film in itself the, and the community? Has it helped? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you, you look at something like Instagram, for example, that, that's driven um, a lot of, uh, what's the word? Instagram is, is, is a, what I would consider to be an aspirational platform. Yeah. That's why that's that's why <clears throat> you get the uh, gear shots. You get videos of people making stuff out of wood. You get watches. You get fashion. You get all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it's pretty. People like looking at it. And if if you're not talking about celebrities here, it's you know, if you post a picture of a, a camera on Instagram today versus let's say five years ago, you, you'll you'll probably get three four. Uh, 10 times more, more likes than, than you would before, would have before. Um, I think the, the development of the development, the development of smaller communities, um, within, uh, Facebook, within, uh, Twitter, specifically those two has been fantastic. And as a lot of the big forum users, Oh, sorry, as, as a lot of the big forums have either hemorrhaged users or seen a reduction in new users joining, um, Twitter and, 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 and Facebook groups specifically have picked up that, that slack. And there's some hmm. amazing conversation happening, um, on both. I'm not a huge fan of, of Facebook. However, um, the way I have it set up now is, is fantastic. Um, yeah. essentially, all of my friends on Facebook are, are um, they are uh, film friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my, my feed has got stuff from people <clears throat> that I have chosen to follow as opposed to being, being forced to follow out, out of some kind of familial connection or, or, mm-hmm. or the history of knowing someone and, and the groups that are out there, whether it be um, groups like uh, the, the negative positives uh, podcast. I mean, they're, they're, uh, Facebook group is is ridiculously good. Um, yeah. Andrew Butler and and Corey Cannon with the with the Lensless podcast. You've got um, uh, other smaller niche groups like the Darkroom. I mean, you still have you still have kind of uh, internet forum style um, uh, crappiness uh, happening in the bigger groups like the mm-hmm. medium and large forum. 35 mil film photography and film photographers and all, all of that kind of stuff. There's, there's still loads of crazy, rude, vile, um, just <laughs> assholery just, just, just happening over there. That's uh, all from my friends. Time to, Do you mind? <laughs> well, <laughs> from, from time to time. <clears throat> but yeah. I think for, for all of the, the, the negativity that, that internet forums uh, all of the negative press that internet f- photography, film photography forums have had over the years, um, places like 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 Facebook and Twitter are making it um, much much harder to to be a a troll in a group that may have a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand, or, or even a couple of hundred thousand users. But I think social media has been 
been, been a massive help for improving the accessibility of content, examples of learning materials and, and, and other kinds of resources. Um, yep. And because most people have access to that just on their phone, um, it, it's it, you have a question. It's very very e easy to 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 get a uh, not only one response but maybe ten responses to a to a specific question that you might post. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think accessibility is um, the right statement there because with all you know, websites have been going many many years, but because someone's able to send you a link or you see it on your feed, it's giving yeah. you the means to get to that person, aren't it? Yeah, and and I, I would say it is it is kind of um, it is kind of a double edged sword because going back to the 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 aspirational side of of Instagram, <clears throat> certainly on, on social media, and it's not just IG; it's it's everywhere. Um, it's much easier to feel less confident that your gear is able to do what you want it to do. Yeah. Um, so you have. You know, you have it, it's much easier to be affected by, um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, by Leica lust or by Hasselblad lust. Oh, or, God, yeah. oh, wow, I need I need this accessory for my camera, or else I will not be able <laughs> to say that I want. So it, it's it, it definitely a double edged sword, and yeah. I think um, so. Uh, Hamish um, uh, Bellamy. Uh, Stephen and a few, a few others of us, we we set up a Facebook group called the um, the Film Camera Gas Factory, and and mm. and really this this is last year, we we set it up just to to post kind of gear porn, that's it, <laughs> and because there's loads of there's loads of individuals just doing it just on on their feeds on different different places and we just we just wanted to do do it there and the really interesting thing that came out of it was the kind of gas you know gear acquisition sy syndrome the, the kind of lustworthy cameras that people are posting because yeah you yeah. do have hackers and hasselblads and roller flexes but you, you've got guys out there posting stuff like you know, really weird stuff like the left-handed uh, Yashica Samurai version four, which is a, a half frame, almost looks like a like a mini cam, like an old DV camcorder. Mm. Um, so plastic cameras and and Hello Kitty cameras and you know all <laughs> kinds of the, the things that people aspire to. Jesus, uh, looking for like the really cool, the really expensive stuff, but then there's a whole bunch of other cool stuff that that people. Um, are out there really, really proud of buying, and it's kind of nice to, to have created a, a place where there, there's you know, it's, it's non-judgmental posting. So if, if someone starts kind of kicking up a fuss and saying oh, you should have bought this, you should have bought that, then we'll have a word, and then if they carry on, we'll just ban them. No, nope. okay. <laughs> only only here, please. So yeah, I say right, yeah. <clears throat> I think that's something you have to do. To be honest, um, I'm a member of a a group that was only formed recent and our old premise is um, you just be nice to people you don't yeah. submit comments or um, critique without someone actually asking for it uh, and it, mm. it it's working well so far people have been really helpful and um, for instance there was someone who was um, a bit down about not getting any work and and things like this so uh, I sent a message to all the admins and just said, oh, can everybody comment, please, and help this lady out? 
nice. you know, everyone jumped in then and said, oh, thanks a lot for spotting that. And, you know, everyone gave her advice because they're all pros. I'm not. So, you know, you've got to give the right advice from the right people. There's, you know, for, for all of the, the flame wars and trollery and <clears throat> kind of assholery that happens on, on the internet, it, it always makes me really, just really warm and fuzzy inside when I see good stuff um, happening in, in communities that I care about. And there on, on Twitter, which is where I, I live mostly, <clears throat> there's, there, there's so much non-photographic related support being given um, inside, whether it's, whether it's someone feeling down, someone having suffered from a loss, um, mm-hmm. someone sheepishly talking about, about, uh, mental health issues. Um, it's, it's just, it's wonderful to see the same people talking, you know, giving camera tips and commenting on a photo to then start, start talking about and, and helping, you know, start talking about problems and helping support those, um, <clears throat> who, who, who have those non-photographic issues? Everyone yeah. does. Um, everyone does, and it, it's. I've, I've seen. I've seen threads on forums where, um, you know, people have been blown down for for being off-topic because they 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 mentioned something in in a comment that wasn't connected. Maybe something to do with those person with their personal lives. And I just think, God, let's have a bit of, have a bit of heart. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it, it's easy to 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 knock off what may feel like a um a very quick very salient very direct response to someone um and i think that the the whole etiquette piece of looking at what you're going to post and trying to understand the context in which it, it may be taken and actually just taking some care to make sure that you're you're writing something that that fully expresses your feeling I think that that's that's really important because if you're having a face-to-face conversation, you know, I, I could you and I can be sitting in a pub and and you say something, I just go, no, that's just bollocks. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Us having that conversation over the internet in a thread where we might be there might be hours between us replying to each other, mm. the the complete context and and meaning and 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 immediacy of what I just said mm. gets completely transformed into into totally different context um yeah. and there, there, there's there's loads of examples of of people out there on the web kind of well, on, on even on social media today just posting something which is um works fantastic in a conversation but as soon as you put it onto print actually it, it's it's kind of bad um rude arrogant yeah Anyway, that, that, that's that's a completely different conversation. So I told you there'd be tangents. Apologies. <laughs> that's all right. I, I don't know if it's an age thing. Sometimes we have a bit of melancholy, anyway, don't we? <laughs> no, I, I've I've always always suffered from it. I, I, I will eventually come back off the tangent. Um, yeah. <laughs> in a couple of hours, but uh, um, I will I will get there eventually. I'm the same. Don't worry. Um, Good. Let, let's talk about you. I mean, do you call it a bloggy website or uh, I, 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 what's the best word for it now? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've always, um, in, in just in my own head, um, I've always described it as the platform. <clears throat> mm. Um, 
it's is it is it is it a blog yeah is it a news site no but there's news on there um is it is it a website you know that nebulous all-encompassing term well of course it's a website um but i yeah I, i always prefer thinking about it in terms of a platform because it has many many different um aspects to it mm. um it, it's, it's semantics you know it's yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I, I liked your post other people will say i liked your your article it, it essentially means means the same thing um so yeah you know, what you want as long as it's useful yeah i agree how long has it actually been going then well, um, what's the date today? 26th of January, right? Mm-hmm. 26th or 27th? Uh, uh, so it's been three, three years and uh, seven months, pretty oh. much. Yeah, Beginning of long. Feb, um, it's going to be three years and seven months. So, no, it's not, not been long at all. And it, it's funny, so I've just... Over the last week or so, I've just uh, uh, kicked off just getting my uh, – I go through cycles of, of reposting uh, my mm-hmm. old article, stuff like that. And this this time around, I, I decided to uh, kill reposting my photos. So at, at one point, I was posting 10 photos a week um, on the site. So – as it's it's kind of getting to the back end of of 2015 now, um, reposting all of that old stuff, it, it's just made me realise how how many interviews I was doing at that time. So I was doing two interviews a week, and if you look at my feed on Twitter or on Facebook, yeah. um, the last kind of week's worth of content is is just me reposting, or the repost content is just me reposting interviews. And I think I'm up to. 33 number 33 now and it, it, it's really interesting for me because it's i can see how the site's developed just through the the reposts as they're as they're going out and i know that in about a week or two weeks it's going to be moving into uh, camera reviews and more film reviews and and more kind of contributed articles and then in about two or three months time it's going to be kind of exploding into more uh, a lot more informational stuff and and uh, and con- more contributed content as well so it's it, it three and a half years doesn't sound like a lot it feels like a, a long time doesn't sound mm-hmm. like a long time and um how how things have progressed from that very first post until um you know the, the most recent one is just uh, it's, it's mind-blowing for me to to see it have developed so far Brilliant. Is there a plan going forward with it then? With with the site, mm. um, just keep on doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I I don't I don't typically post um, a lot of news content unless there's unless there's something big happening and unless I have a particular take on it. Um, I I don't really post content that's um commentary on this is what's happening to to us today you know the um Mm. uh, cosmo well actually both both cosmo and 35 mmc just uh just in this last week published a couple of really interesting pieces about um 
uh, traveling with film and the, the, the cost of, of, of film cameras and stuff like that. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll move into doing, um, more current content like that. But for me right now, it's, it's, um, it's still a case of getting information out there on gear, on process, having photographers, uh, photographers talk about their projects or, or analog related projects and builds and, and sharing, sharing information about technique, about uh, darkroom printing, about color grading, about um, I'm in, in the middle of um, one short series at the moment, which talks about um, motion picture film used for still oh, yeah. photography. Yeah. Um, but from yeah. the perspective of a filmmaker who still shoots both analog and digital. So okay. looking at, at <clears throat> how film, you know, essentially what motion picture film is in the context of in a still camera, but, but really also looking at the tools and the techniques that he uses to not only develop and you know, create chemistry and develop himself, but, but also how he uses that to go and visualize the stories that he's telling, um, uh, as a filmmaker, yeah. as a photographer. And I think stuff like that is really, really interesting to me. And I, I, I'll definitely be, be continuing to help people tell those stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's really useful. Uh, I think I'm with you on that. I'm, I eventually want to get a few articles together to do like how to get started with that room print and developing. Cause when, when I first started doing it all, uh, I did a little bit of YouTube, a few documents, and to be honest, uh, nearly everything I read had m lots of gaps in for idiots yeah. like me. So I would like to be the idiot and talk through the simple stuff, which people always forget. It, Absolutely. It just, it's just amazing. And when I bought that large format, um, I put in the group, um, can you let me know what else I need? Because... You know, I don't have a lot of money and I need to plan this now. So everyone said, like, a loop. So I've got one of them. Um, and I said, well, I've already got a tripod, so I think I'm sorted there. Uh, and then when I went to start using it, a few people were like, um, oh, don't forget, um, you'll, you'll need a, one of these, a hood. And I was like, what do you mean I'm going to need a hood? <laughs> we had this discussion like only like three weeks ago. No one mentioned this, and I was like, "Right, I'm hacked off. I'm not buying out. I'm going to make do." So I just took my hoodie yeah. off and used my hoodie. Yeah, yeah. I went. I, I went down because uh, I wanted to get like a dark cloth, and I'd seen the prices of some 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 gear online, and it was like, "Oh, it's like fifty, sixty quid for a for a, a hood." Uh, all right, well. There's a really good cloth market that's quite quite close to me. Massive, absolutely massive. And even before yeah. I'd come inside this kind of this four four story monster, um, I I walked into a a cloth shop just outside, um, asked the guy if he had any black fleece. Um, he's like, "Yep, yeah. uh, can you can you stitch it up for me?" He's like, "Yep." Yeah. So I just had him just uh, just cut off a, a couple of yards length of this really thin black fleece, hmm. stitch, stitch the, the three, you know, folded on itself, stitch the three sides um, together. And that was it. That was my dark cloth. And I think that, yeah. that cost me about four quid. Exactly. <laughs> that, and that, that's what I, I'm all about. I think ingenuity is more important than going to buy something stupid that's got one use. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, hey, well, when it gets cold out, and you know, I can just cover my feet with it with my 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 dark cloth slash blanket. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, my my, <laughs> my friend did say to me, Andy, if you take your hood off outside, you're gonna be cold. I was like, yeah, you've got a point. I'll tell you, what, I'll use my jacket instead. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I'm sure it, it's quite. Well, it's, it's quite funny you mentioned kind of reaching out and asking just the simple questions and um, especially when you talk about gear to take I, I, I did a series well I started doing a, a series years ago called the um, the photographer's day pack mm-hmm. and it was just looking at what I take when I'm out shooting depending on what I want to do in the gear yeah so 35 mil, uh, just a, a, a quick medium format trip, or maybe a longer haul medium format trip, and and it, it's it's it, it was surprisingly refreshing to do um, because I'd gotten to the point where I wasn't really thinking why I was taking this stuff out with me, and actually doing the articles helped me to realise that I was probably taking out a bit too much. Um, I'd love to do one of those with large format because I know the questions just over the last couple of weeks, I think there have been two, maybe three posts on social media of people saying, right, or at least threads that I follow, people saying, right, I'm getting into uh, darkroom printing. What do I need? Mm -hmm. And they're they're just getting shopping lists. Um, And I'm I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh, well, that's kind of immediate. That's midterm. That's definitely long term. Hmm. I should go back and start doing my day pack thing just for for, for photography because I never covered off large formats, um, right. and I should. So yeah, I, I think you you do like idiots guides for for developing or getting into large format or printing stuff like that. I think it's fantastic. I think another resource that you might you might want to look at, um, and I, I've I've been trying to figure out a way to do this is um, guides on things like how to sell prints. There are loads yeah, of people exactly. out there who want to do something with it, but there's nothing definitive that just says, all right, here's a really simple way to just get yourself ready to sell a print. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's there's many more articles I think we can all do in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, a simple one for that room was, um, do you need water near you? Right, so, right you know where do you research that uh, you might find the other person saying oh i don't use it and then another one will say oh well, i use uh, a bathroom and you're like but yeah. can you answer my question do i need one <laughs> well it's, it's, it's quite funny do, do you know um uh, grumpy fck on twitter no. ashley so he and this was last year i think it's things are changing now because he's he's been able to get a dedicated darkroom setup but he was set up in a place which <clears throat> which had no running water so he he would would literally get every all of the water that he needed prepared and taken down into his dungeon mm. um so that he could develop <clears throat> and then print and rinse and do it do all of that kind of stuff and i remember loads of people saying to him no you absolutely need running water you will not be able to do it without um <laughs> you can you can you can make do you know if 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 uh, soldiers were able to sh- uh, shoot and develop and occasionally print film in the fields during world war ii then i'm i'm sure that that you can create a darkroom that doesn't have a running tap water in it it might not be optimal, but you can do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. 
and I, I think there's so many similar things in that vein that you can just get on for now. Um, I, I don't use a changing bag. I've took pictures of this and put it on my analog feed just to show people. Um, I've got a tiny room which only fits in a fridge and it's off my kitchen right. and the flooring is so poor the door nearly sticks to the floor. So when you shut the door, it's practically black. <laughs> so yeah, fantastic. Whatever works. I think the, the, there's definitely a need for um, kind of a, a frugal photographer's guide to dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And if anyone <laughs> listening wants to do that, it's my idea. Don't take it, but I'll be happy to read <laughs> your article on the website. But, but yeah, I think just doing, doing stuff on, I wouldn't even say on the cheap, just doing stuff within your your current means i think is fantastic i don't i don't, there's so much pressure to to go out and buy 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 consume 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 all of this stuff because you absolutely need it but i i think the reality is is that whilst there are a few absolute must have uh, must purchase things specialized tools and what have you um you can make your own uh, you can make your own easel or contact printing uh, frame if you need to, um, you can use a like you do. You use a larder with a with a dodgy door as your as your your film changing room. Um, you know, use use a you know buy buy your clothes an extra an extra size bigger so you can use your hoodie for your large format camera without taking your top off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. The the only thing is, I was gonna do it like that, like, like like you said, like a frugal photographer's guide. <laughs> but then I don't want a reputation of being like a cheapskate or a budget photographer because I, I thought about this and I thought you'll get labels and then you know is my work going to be um, belittled or you know would anyone actually buy it see what I mean I get where you're coming from look we'll figure out a pseudonym and you can publish <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah definitely because I'm the same with digital so I'll just stick you a link on Twitter again. So yeah. uh, on my digital side, I've got a 13-year-old camera. I've got a lens that I was going to put in the bin because it's not worth out. And I've been taking portraits with that. Yeah, these uh, look fantastic. You're going to have to put this and the other link in, in your show notes. Yeah. These are fantastic. Well, that was done on a 50mm uh, Nikon lens with a uh, 30 quid flash and a one pound snoot but look, this is where this is where knowledge of well number one knowledge of technique um, yep. and experience and working within limitations um, is much more important than having the latest kit I mean there are people out there shooting absolute rubbish on the new Fuji GFX 50 for example or the Hasselblad H1D because they they don't know how to how to use the camera to its full potential. There's this assumption that the gear will do all. Um, if if you if you told me that you shot, let's have a look. Okay, any of these the, these seven portraits, mm -hmm. eight portraits that are right at the top um, of this this IG field uh, feed. If you told me that you shot any of these on the latest Nikon camera with, you know, blah blah la di da. 
IFAVED lens, yeah. uh, I, I, I would have zero reason to believe you. Yeah. Uh, zero reason not to believe you, sorry. Um, I think it's fantastic. Job, really, job well done. Make sure you include it in the notes. Other, yeah. other people need to do this. So, yeah, frugal photographer with a pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping uh, my analog work someday will be that good. Uh, I'm a long way from it, but you know that, that's my long-term aim. Well, if you've got that setup and it works, it works for you on digital. There's there's no reason why changing the medium is is going to have an impact other than changing the look. Yeah, because these these shots here they're more about exposure and understanding light than they are about gear. Uh, yeah, as well. Good, good. Um, right, so we've now come to the point in the show where we go through our random questions. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, you're, you're probably going to get random answers. <laughs> yes, uh, I think some of these questions might be our rally then, actually. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, okay. if you can. If you can. How about, how about we, we add some additional randomity into this yeah, yeah. Um, ask your first question I'll skip it ask your second question and I'll answer the first now this may go completely wrong I've never done it uh, before okay. but... yeah yeah I like that yeah. uh, <laughs> right where do unicorns live okay so you skip that one yeah all right yeah uh, instead of national service you have to take part in the Olympics so what event and why um, in the sea, swimming with mermaids because they're mythical beasts. Well, suits it. Yeah, that's uncanny, that. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um, when was the last lie you told? And when did you last compliment someone? Uh, <clears throat> using chopsticks to pole vault um, because I look good in shorts. I can't think of it more random. <laughs> this is definitely working. This is scary. <laughs> okay. Um, there are many famous children books and stories, like Little Red Riding Hood or Jack and the Beanstalk. Which would you choose to re-edit and put a different spin on for a different, uh, for a different audience? E.J., turn the wolf into a vampire. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely uh, telling my wife that that would be the last camera that I would buy this year, mm-hmm. or last year, should I say. I haven't bought one in 20, 2019 so far. Um, and uh, probably complimenting uh, my friend on his most recent attempt at baking. Okay. Fair comment. Um you might get this one then. It's Confessional Sunday. Um, what is your photography sin that you want to be absolved of? Uh, repainting the cat in the hat as a villain. <laughs> that worked as well. Oh my god, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, how does Dracula shave? But bear in mind, uh, you, 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 mm. 
Um, definitely using the uh, the the HDR kit in uh, um, Silver FX Pro, but that that lasted for one shot, which I then posted on social media. <sighs> Just one shot. Oh my god, I forgot loads. <laughs> <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, the digital world is full of updates and upgrades. What function or part of your body would you update or upgrade? Mm. Um, I, I, I think not having hair follicles on his face is, uh, is probably um, a good reason why he doesn't need to shave. I think evolution uh, of vampires probably got rid of that. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Right, this one's going to be separate to these then. So, your final one. Uh, you get to either punch, have a pint, or give a present to each of the following. Eminem, Elvis, and Eddie Murphy. So which one and why? Okay. Um, <clears throat> definitely something that develops the film from my camera in my pocket after I shot it by the time I get home. Oh, and scans it as well, and uploads it to the internet, um, and gets me submitted to some kind of gallery critique, and gives me a show and a book deal, and um, all of just just amazing global um, uh, uh, famousness, <laughs> whatever whatever the, the correct word is for that. Full automated. Yeah, just just everything. I just I want my camera to to do absolutely everything for me. If at the same time I can open the back and the film can has been replaced with a, a can made of solid gold, that would be awesome as well. <laughs> oh my That's God. the upgrade. Um, as far as the other guys go, I would have a pint with Eminem. I'd punch Elvis and I'd buy a present for Eddie Murphy. Is there a reason? <laughs> Um, I, I, I think um, I think Eminem's a really interesting character, and I'd like to I'd like to find out the. I, I'd just like to talk to him about his persona, um, and I'd like to to talk about how how he feels that he has developed and changed as an individual over the last twenty odd years. Mm. Um, public eye and and just just talk to him about um about things that he he regrets doing <clears throat> um or regrets saying or rapping about and what if anything he's done to uh to absolve himself of that guilt because i know there has been a fair bit yeah. um elvis uh because i want to see if the lip quiver um is just some kind of congenital <laughs> muscle defect <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and also he, he he was in the army so he can take a punch yeah. and, and and eddie murphy i just i want to give him a present because i i grew up watching um his films and his stand-up i think he's a funny guy who lost his way when he moved into family and i'd just like to say thank you for coming to america too <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think i agree with all that actually <laughs> I, I mean, is, yeah I think with with having people in the, you know, if if you have someone in the public eye, you're obviously going to judge them on their output without really thinking too much about 
um, what's behind it all. And and certainly with with him as an individual, there's um, there's a very long uh, just history, just uh, familial history, just his 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 upbringing mm. um, and his circumstances and situations which <clears throat> led to the to the creation of this this character. Mm. And it's really interesting how the 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 edge has been taken off um and it, it seems that he he realizes now that the things he he used to be angry about um are are, are not things that he's angry about today and it, it's it's very similar to, to to mike tyson i saw a really interesting um interview with mike tyson just just last week i'll see if i can dig it out for you and he's he's talking about the person that he was um, and just the regret for the things that he'd done. Um, and he's, he's, he just comes across as someone who's fully aware that he was not a pleasant individual, yeah. um, genuinely, genu genuinely saddened about it. And it, it, it looks like he's trying to live a good life now to try and, to try and make up for that. The problem with, with all of this is that it's, it can be very easy to to wrap yourself up in needing to 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 do something to absolve yourself of past transgressions um and and for that to just consume you to consume everything about you mm. um and and you you end up falling into des you know, despair desperation um because nothing that you do now will ever make up for the things that you did back then, even if you were to go back in time and try and explain things to yourself, actually, you're an ass. So you're not going to listen. It's not going to change anything. So it's um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can dig out that that uh, that interview. It's it's really really made me think. No, no, it's cool. Yeah, it sounds really interesting actually. Um, so thanks for going through that section with us, Em. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Pleasure. It, do you think it, it worked for a few? I think it worked for more. more than, oh, yeah, it was kind of hard. Just, <laughs> just trying to say. talking yeah. about the unicorns and the, the Olympics and camera upgrades and, and yeah. I think um, you've invented some new things there, some new paradigms. <laughs> oh, you're more than welcome. Well, that's cool. Um, I always ask my guests um, who they would like to see on a future show. Um, it's always nice if I can get someone uh, slightly different to anyone else. But um, have you got anyone in mind you'd like to see on here? Have you you ever interviewed another another podcaster? Yeah, uh, Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, she was awful. Uh, yeah, I, I I I consider Rachel to be the glue that holds together the the the, the fighting boys. Oh, that's out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would. I'd, I'd really like to see somebody on the show who's who's almost brand new to to film photography. Oh, okay. Um, one either with with very little experience. Um, maybe shooting for a few months, maybe shooting for a little bit longer, a little bit less, um, or, or someone who's coming um, from being a digital native photographer uh, into film. So somebody who's 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 kind of followed your route, yeah. um, and just just 
hear from them what what they believe the the main differences to be in terms of um, mindfulness about the process, the process itself, the results, and and if they're shooting commercially, um, I'd love to I'd love to to find out how shooting film commercially sits in a digital world where everything's tethered and the results are immediate. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. Do you know anyone? I have, I, 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 yeah, I have a, a couple of people in mind for the, for the latter. Yeah. Um, the, the issue as always is, is getting, is getting time, but I oh. can, I can ask a couple of people and, and, and see whether they'd be interested. Um, yeah, there's, I- there's one particular photographer who's, um, he pretty much exclude well, he exclusively uses film for, um, for his personal work, he still does a lot of digital work um, for for clients. Um, so he's mm. kind of kind of bridging bridging the gap. Mm. Yeah, let, let me let me see what I can do about that. Yeah, because I was thinking, I know um, a young lady who's uh, doing her A levels, and she started experimenting with film, and she's very much an experimental arty person mm. so i was thinking about her because funnily enough i know her instructor and he's been on the show right uh, and i sort of know her through family so yeah she might be an interesting one then yeah certainly i know i know a few people who have um studied film at a university level Mm. Either 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 bachelor's or studied photography at a bachelor's or a or a master's level relatively relatively recently, yeah. and um, talking to them about their choice for film or, or what they've learned about film as a result of having access to all of this kind of gear and and how mm. that makes them or has made them up until now a much more experimental photographer super interesting. In fact, there's 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 a guy. Um, who I will nudge after this call. Mm. He's based in the US and he's two years into a uh, photography BA. And he's, he's actually got an article coming up um, just on the site on uh, next Thursday. Okay. Um, just talking about why, why he decided to study or to follow a photography um, degree in a really well-respected highly technically oriented university um yeah. and it, it, it's a it's a short article but a really really good eye-opener yeah I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i'll have that with him i think i think that'll be really interesting actually because he he had a whole uh kind of future planned and then he he did this course or he's doing this course and it's kind of just changed <laughs> just oh. changed everything <laughs> so i think that'll be a really good good uh perspective to get kind of more of a, a long form um uh, insight into it for sure yeah no no that's wicked yeah yeah that'd be interesting so it's nice to talk about different things and different scenarios isn't it absolutely yeah absolutely and th- th- this is this is the wonderful thing i mean you know people have been using uh film and, and analog uh mediums for photography for for well over 100 years 120, 130, 140 years now. Um, and it's, I, I always find it super interesting 
as to what motivates people to shoot what they do the way they do. Um, and there's, there's all of these really super creative people who I am not one of, um, yeah. who've come up with these, these just really super proprietary, super focused techniques and processes just to help them create their work. And it's, it's not something that can be replicated every single time. And it's not something that you can, you can try and do in digital because you're missing that kind of tactility, if that's the right word, you're missing that, that, that deep physical connection to the process. Um, so for me, uh, understanding how people are doing the most mundane things to the most complex things is, is, is really interesting. I, I'm, I'm always, always trying to figure out another way to, to learn something new. Yeah, I, I'm upset. I mean, um, when I spoke to, uh, you know, Jason Lane, who does the drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so when I interviewed him last week, I was like, I want to do this now. I really do. I mean, I didn't yeah. even know how to use my large format camera, but I think I'm probably going to try and shoot dry plates even before I can take a proper picture on the camera. Why not? It's 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 got to be done, and you know, I've been looking. I've been talking to uh, to Jason um, probably since middle middle ish beginning ish of of last year, and just trying to find a dry plate holder in a decent enough condition <laughs> yeah. I can use is is a is a challenge. <clears throat> but there's there's loads of interesting stuff that's happening um on yeah, that yeah, front yeah. Both, <laughs> with, you know, with him and, and steve lloyd which uh, they've they've alluded to on on social media so I'm, i know i'm not uh i'm not saying anything that i'll be chastised for later no no definitely not no it's pretty open uh, and i think both of them are really nice guys you can tell they're both engineers <laughs> yeah they've got that mindset and uh, and they're really both really good um, communicators as well. It really impressed me. Yeah, I mean, the, the other super important part for for them um, because of what it is that, that, that they do is that they're really open to um, to other people's ideas and, and, and critique. And mm. if they if they stumble across something and, and someone says to them, well, that's not going to work because of X, Y, and Z, um, they will just fly with it and say, "Oh yeah, hadn't thought about that." Okay, let's let's go and try and figure this out. And that kind of malleability of of the mindset, I think, is is something that um, that yeah, I think everyone needs to work a little bit a little bit harder on that. Not not everyone's born with it like those two freaks. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just so happy that I've got to meet um, people like that and and yourself. Um, it keeps me motivated to you know keep going forward and i think i could sit and talk to you all day to be honest <laughs> <laughs> thank you i'll take that as a compliment oh yeah yeah it's 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 been an absolute pleasure um, um I, I do appreciate you spending your uh, family time talking to me as well and i'm sure all the listeners will thank you well th thanks thanks for having me it's been it's been a really interesting conversation and not not only because you made me think about those random questions um <laughs> it, it, it's always it's always really nice to talk about this kind of stuff and i'm hoping that someone somewhere will hear it and it'll 
get them thinking and and we can have more minds kind of um, considering some of the challenges that, that we've got because we know there are a lot of people out there shooting <clears throat> film and other analog media we know that there are there's a lot of hardware requirements there's a lot of software requirements there's a lot of um, mm -hmm. educational requirements out there and I think the more more people that can get involved with trying to help solve any of those kind of three or four pillars mm. the better you know like, like I said to you before we started recording everyone's got a voice and and pretty much everyone has got something to to add to the conversation um, yeah. The people who don't have anything to to add to the conversation, well, that that's more of a personal thing. They probably yeah. do. They just need to speak up and stop lurking. There's a, there's there's so much that we've lost, and just you know, bit by bit, little pieces of it are slowly coming together on on sites like Emulsive and 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 you know, 35 MMC and Cosmo and. Mm. And casual photo file, and you know, Mike Ekman, uh, Jim Gray. You know, there's so many people out there. I mean, there's so many mm. photo bloggers out there. I mean, yeah. actually, Jim just he just published a, a post uh, yesterday saying that he'd he'd reviewed uh, 121 cameras to date, and it's resources like that are just super super important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we all need to keep going and, like I say, keep expanding our knowledge, helping each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, um, I'll get this uh, over to you as soon as I can, get it live. Um, and I hope you enjoy listening to it and your friends too. I'm sure I will. And I'm sure, I'm sure they will as well. <laughs> nice <laughs> talk. Cheers, Andrew. Thanks a lot, Em. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Well, folks, that's the end of another show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed making it. It's always great to have a guest on with me. Um, please do share the post and podcast show as much as you can where relevant. Um, if you have time, please do not forget to review this on iTunes. Uh, just hit the review button and give it five stars, please. It's always helpful. It's motivation for me to keep the show going and I want to keep this going for as long as possible. And basically I'd like to get lots of lots of different and interesting people on here. So that's what I'm trying to do. Thank you again and see you next time. Bye.